Mark Langley, um, live for our fourth uh, talk, and tonight uh, we're going to talk about transitions, so I'll let people uh, just um, take a little bit of time to log on. Um, sorry about the background, I'm in the car tonight uh, due to uh, being living in a, a rural area, the, the NBN doesn't always sort of uh, work as planned, so uh, hopefully tonight... Uh, we should have no problems because uh, we're in a good service service area. But uh, yeah, I hope everyone can see me okay. I've got the head torch here and the and the car lights on, so so we can see. Um, just let me know if um, there's a few people coming on board and they can hear me okay and they can see me okay. Just give me a few thumbs up or anything like that to let me know that uh, that that you're um, that that you're there and you can hear and see me. Um, and then I'll sort of continue on. Oh, good, I've got a few thumbs up there. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit spooky, isn't it? I'm like Casper the ghost. Um, hope it doesn't scare too many people off. But anyway, um, tonight we're, we're going to talk about transitions. Um, now, the reason I'm talking about transitions is we had a, a, a we did have one question about transitions, and um, I seem to be sort of working on transitions a lot when I'm when I'm helping people at, at, at workshops and lessons and clinics and that sort of thing um, and uh, there's yeah there's a lot of people having a lot of problems um, well not troubles they're just sort of you know having a bit of trouble in their transitions and uh, now transition tonight I'm, I'm gonna mainly talk about the uh, the the transition of, of, of uh, gate and things like that so you know Walk, trot, canner. Um, I will go into a little bit about the transitions of uh, the steering transitions because basically everything we do is really a transition. You know, when you when you when you when you're doing something and then you do something else, uh, that that would be a transition. But uh, yeah, tonight it'll be more so uh, getting um, you know a calmer, more connected um, transition. Uh, also for the people, everyone that sort of says hello, I say hello to everybody out there and uh, I know people will be coming online saying hello. Um, I don't tend to sort of personally say hello to everybody because um, sometimes I can have a bit of a habit of losing my train of thought. Uh, but I will try and address as many questions as I can as, as we uh, talk uh, through, throughout this session. So um, anyway, first of all... Um, just going into young horses, and I'm going to use a few examples from clinics of, of how I've helped people, and, um, and, and I'm just going to use a few examples uh, of, of different horses and, and, and person combinations where I've sort of uh, offered them some advice to help on their transitions. But first of all, on a young green horse, um, you just want basic transitions, as in, uh, you know, can the horse walk freely, can it trot freely? And can it find a canter and be comfortable with 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 cantering freely? Um, so so you really um, on a young horse that's sort of learning to steer and be confident and things like that. The first thing you're going to be just working on is getting that horse self-sufficient and, and self-sufficient as in it'll hold a walk without sort of wanting to sort of you know stop. It'll it'll trot out without sort of you know wanting to stop, and it'll and it'll sort of happily find that canter and and be confident to canter along without sort of you know. Either, either wanting to take off or, or, or you know, really stop or, or you know, be, be, be clunking out all the time. Um, and, and you've sort of got to get that for a while before you become fairly specific. Now, now um, there is a time when you have to become specific with 
the way you're riding and, and, and what you're asking for. But that time uh, has to be when the horse is, is, is more centred and comfortable. Now, um, I'm just going to cut it. Well, there's the old category of horses which you used to sort of hear about, which is there's fast horses and there's slow horses. And, um, uh, yeah, that's a big categorisation because, the you know, and the slow ones get called lazy. And, and um, I see how so many horses that are hunted along, you know, hunted along, you know, kicked along or sort of if the, if the legs don't work, they sort of get a whip or spurs or something and, and kick the horses along to keep them going because they're sort of deemed as lazy and, oh, you'll need, you'll need a whip on that horse or spurs. And what I tend to come across uh, when I see those horses is horses that actually never, never were really that confident so they sort of um, obviously didn't couldn't explore and, and cast their focus out and sort of travel along nice and freely and they've been kicked along and kicked along and and, and um, yeah they're, they're not lazy um, a lot of them just lack confidence and some horses on the other spectrum they lack confidence so they tend to rush so they cast their focus too far ahead and they sort of want to be somewhere else and they want to sort of rush along and that sort of thing. Um, now, obviously we've sort of talked about separation anxiety and, um, and things like that. Being a leader, all that sort of stuff is basically if you, if you want to go and do fancy transitions and nice smooth transitions, if your horse is stuck somewhere else in its thoughts, you, you're sort of better off working on getting your horse centered and, and, and with you. So. So the first thing is confidence. Now, now, um, you know, there's people out there that might think their horse is lazy, but when you ride them, you might find their ears are sort of stuck back a little bit, and every time you, you use your legs, you hear, the horse sort of holds its ears back, and every time you fiddle with the reins or do anything, the horse comes back to you. And, uh, but, but it comes back with sort of set, concentrating ears that are sort of like going, oh, you know, what are you doing? I, and, and you've got to think, when your horse has got a lot of concentration on you, now they need concentration on you, but they have to be, um, and it's a very fine line, they have to be floating with their focuses between you and their environment, okay? So, so you know, they'll have a, a, a fair bit of their focus on you, but they'll be also, um, you know, checking out where they're going. They, they sort of, they, they need to sort of be able to cast their focus out, you know, if, if, the, if the train's changing or anything like that. They've got to be able to sort of tune in and out. Uh, and it's not they're tuning out to you, it's just that they, they, they'll have stronger focus on you. But then sometimes they may need that stronger focus if, if an obstacle or something's coming up, like trotting poles or a, or a gully or anything like that. They might have to cast their, um, cast their focus, um, forward a little bit and put more of their primary focus on, on, on where they've got to, you know, you know, what's important in front of them, like the, the bad terrain and things like that. So it's important that you offer a horse confidence. So when you want to do transitions and get nice transitions, um, if every time you kick your legs, your horse has got its sort of full focus on you, it's not confident enough to sort of cast its focus out and just take you along. And a lot of lazy horses that I ride tend to just get stuck because they're um, every time you make or do something, I did see your, your question uh, about the pinned ears, and I will talk about that sort of sour pinned ears, but there's different types of pinned ears, and the pinned ears I'm talking about at the moment are the sort of the semi-pin concentrating ears, where you don't get the big sour face, you just get the sort of the horse going, oh, I've got my ears back on you, what do you want me to do, what do you want me to do? Uh, and then the more you kick, 
the more the horse can't think ahead. The more you the more you micromanage, the more the horse is stuck on you. And those horses that were deemed lazy, I find that if you just say go and let them go, and and um, and if they drop out, what I mean is is that it, it um, if, if this was this was the rider and this was the horse, okay, you're riding together, the horse drops out, okay. Um, you just say back up, please, and you got to you got to sort of get them back up, going again, uh, with minimal fuss, and then leave them alone. And the biggest problem I see with people before they want to do transitions and things like that, Megan, I got that one about uh, the uh, what should the ears be doing? I'll tell you that. Um, so the biggest problem is is the horses are sort of backwards and. They need to be left alone for long enough to realise that it's their responsibility to either hold the walk or hold the trot long enough till they start to go, oh, you're not doing anything up there, you're just leaving me go. So, oh, good, I might just start to flick an ear here and, you know, start to do these ones with the ears and start to go, oh, you're still up there, but I can think about what's up there. Oh, there's a corner coming. Oh, there's something going on over there. And, and suddenly you watch for that. And it might take a little bit of while, and people who've been to some of my workshops have sort of watched me sit on a horse for sort of, you know, 10 minutes trying to just get it to sort of cast its thoughts out and start to tap into what's ahead of it because a lot of the ones that lack confidence, they've just been kicked along and pushed along and, and they've never been confident enough to make their own decisions. They just had, you know, and, and every time, and those type of horses, you just start to see them going like this and then you go bump with your legs and they go, whoop, there's the legs and they slow, they sort of slow down. Um, so with those horses that, you know, you're not going to be doing any sort of, you know, nice smooth transitions until they just get the confidence to sort of travel along. So that's very important, especially in the young horses and especially in the horses that seem to, to drop out like that, you know, when you want to speed up. Most of those horses that, that you want to go to the next, you know, the next uh, speed or gear, I say, because it's not always a speed increase when you when you change uh, gait, you might drop, um, you might be going from a fast walk to the same speed jog, or you might even go to a, to a slower jog that was that was slower than the walk that you were doing. So it's not always that you're going up a up a up a gate and up a speed. You may sort of you know that 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 may vary. But if the horse is not freely moving uh, underneath you, then you're going to be hunting it along. So you're going to always have these tough transitions. So the first thing you've got to really look at is okay for the horses that are lack confidence um so so yeah just megan before you go on that one the ears you know you start to see them communicating you know they come back to you they flick like that when you pick up a left rein you know you'll you'll see that ear flick back and that's when they're sort of set it and they're really listening they're sort of tuned in to, to you but they're also tuned into what's around them um that's the sort of holy grail of of, of getting a good good horse to, to connect is, is having them uh, still be a horse but still be finely tuned into you. Um, so yeah, when the ears are always set in one position and especially back, you, generally your horses are dropping out underneath you. They're coming, they're going. You're going this way, they're going that way, backwards. So that's the horses that um, yeah, the sow pinned ears. I'll I'll uh, that's that can be. Oh well, just before I go any further, just Jen on that one, the sow pinned ears. Um, it's the horse is gets the sow look and the hard pinned ears because it either doesn't like going forward, um, 
or it lacks confidence, so it sort of says no. But instead of just saying, oh, I don't have the confidence to go forward, I'm on you, and, and I'm sort of stuck, it goes, no, I don't really want to go, um, and I'm going to sort of fight it. Now, those sour horses can sometimes have a little bit of problems to your legs. You know, if you can ride your horse without legs, uh, as in just let them float along and then squeeze them with your legs, just sort of look at what your horse does, and if it goes, eh, like that, you know that it's got a fair bit of issues with, with, with your legs on it. Um, so the sour ones that have got pinned ears, also a lot of those horses that are really sour, is they're stuck in their mind. So a lot of those ones, you've got to free them up in the mind first so you don't kick them to make them go. You steer them to get the brain in the right position and then you use your legs to make them go or you use your seat and your legs to make them go. So. It's a hard one, that one, because if they're just real pinned ears because every time you touch their ribs, they're cranky. But a lot of the times, the ones I come across, they're cranky, maybe because of the ribs, but the main thing is is they don't want to leave their mates, they don't want to leave the yards, they're stuck in their mind. So what I would tend to do is go, okay, well, I'm not going to steer you in any particular direction, but we're going off track of transitions here. But that, yeah, before your horse does a transition, obviously you've got to um, have their mind centered with you so you might have to go back to okay I'm going to ask for some energy and the horse goes well I'm going to take the energy back to the yards but if you were to steer the energy out away from the yards you'll get pinned ears so I would just go energy and if the horse goes back or turns around doesn't matter I'd leave it go because as long as those legs work I don't care where the energy goes I just care that those feet start moving and the horse goes righto and then at least the horse didn't block your legs that's the biggest problem is people kick and steer at the same time so the horse ends up blocking the legs whereas I just go go don't care which way the feet go as long as they start moving and then as soon as the horse starts moving then I might go well maybe that door's closed just boing over here and the horse might bounce back to where it wants to go and boing over here so the pinny eared ones that's a way of helping them but that goes back to sort of ways of, of uh, getting them sort of hooked onto you and not stuck on, on, on where they want to be. So the biggest thing before you do any decent transitions is, is getting their mind to centre with you. So some centering lessons that we did just at the clinic in the Hunter Valley just recently, uh, like a lot of the horses when they trot out, they were sort of going, so, um, and Meryl, you're on there, I might use one of your, your horse as one of the examples. So before we worked on transitions, we, uh, we, we might have just got your horse to just sort of, you know, booing back, back over here and booing over there. And um, so what I mean by the, the booing is when you pick up on a rein or something, you imagine that the sort of you know, the horse is just booing off a bouncy castle. So why I say bouncy castle is I want the rein to be nice and smooth and, 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 the, and, and to really change what, where that horse is thinking. So if the horse goes, I'd like to go over there, you're just booing it back over here. It doesn't matter if you get a different line to the one you're on. As long as you change what that horse was thinking and the horse goes, oh yeah, new direction, and then it might boing over where it, it might go where it wants to go again, but then you might just gently take up a rein and boing it back until that horse starts to line up and come up underneath you and settle up underneath you. And then, and then when your horse can sort of has nowhere else it wants to be, then it might be ready for transitions. Um, also, so young horses, I'll go back to, it's just going to be loose rein transitions, just find, find the next speed and go along with it and feel good about it and then, then wind back down again. So I'm going to work on, on getting a basic transition. Um, so, um, so when you ask your horse up and you want it to go, 
um, your horse is walking along, if the horse can walk freely and it doesn't feel like you've got to bump it along all the time or, you know, keep, you know, that's the idea that you're sitting very passively on your horse. You don't have an energetic seat. What I mean by oh, an active seat, I should say. An active seat is the one that goes, whichever way that seat goes. If you're an active rider and you've got an active seat, there's no way you can sort of tap into your horse's top line and feel what it's doing uh, because you're like a, you can be like a noisy radio up there and you might be doing this and the horse might be doing this one and, and, and uh, you're unaware of it because uh, you're, you're sort of you're active so you're more concentrating on what your seat's doing than, than what your horse's back is doing so you've got to have a, a passive seat as in you still hold yourself up and you still sit nice but your hips are loose you're relaxed and you roll on with your horse so you can feel what there's back of their backs doing and remember the path of the path that you want the horse to go and the right direction should be the path of least resistance so when the horse is in gear there should be no resistance especially when you're training them at that loose rein stage that you just want them to sort of bounce up, up up in between you and just float along so it's very important when the horse is in the right gear you're just floating on with them you're like you, you just want to be a sort of flea on their back and and you're just you're nice and relaxed um, so if the horse can hold the trot then it's in the trot it's not dropping back if it drops back you might just go just have a bump so say for instance you've already tested your horse and you say well I'm just gonna take some of my, my core and take it forward and ask for some energy and it might send that energy down to my legs and, and just lightly squeeze the horse up to go but if the horse drops out from underneath you you might go to the number of energy that gets the horse back up and going again you wouldn't go through the seat legs then bump one speed two 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 three four five until you get to five if five is the one that gets the horse to go, I'd probably, if the horse drops out, go, I've got a nice, nice relaxed seat, you've dropped out, I'm just going to go straight down to five, step you back up underneath me. Um, because what a lot of people do, they go, the horse drops out, and then they go, seat, legs, one, two, three, four, five, and, and by that time the horse is sucking back and sort of got its ears back, and you know, I'm going backwards, and whereas I just go five, uh, and just step back up again and, and keep going. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, Meryl, that's a funny one, all that time of looking ahead, you know. This this business about looking ahead, chin up, look ahead, um, it's all good and well, um, but I don't want my horses to focus that far down the paddock, so I'm not going to focus that far down the paddock. Um, so, and also, you've got to be looking over your horse to know where they are, you know, you've got to know what their ears are doing, so there's no, you know, I ride, and my vision is sort of, you know, about three or four, four metres in front of the horse. Um, sometimes I might might lift, lift up a bit just for something, but yeah, my vision is, is where the horse is going. But, um, yeah, so, so with, with that drop out that your horse does, it drops out, and, and it'd be like you bump it back up again and you stay in the middle and the horse is in the middle again. Um, so that's what I really try and do. If the horse is really with you when you want an upward transition, then you just take your core, you, you, you'd, you'd say, let's, let's step up a gear, okay? But if the horse is not dropping out and it's underneath you and it's flicking like this, generally when you ask for up, it'll go. It'll, it'll pick up and then when it gets to the next gear, it's its responsibility to hold that gear. Now remember in the basic stages, you'll be getting what the horse is offering, uh, which is its best best crack at what, what, what that speed is, if it's a, if it like, what that gait is. If it's a trot, it's going to give you the sort of trot it's comfortable in, okay?
um, when they're comfortable in that walk and trot, then you can start to sort of, you know, give each gear, uh, give each gate a range of gears. Um, so, and then, the, you know, obviously that will be step up again to the canter. Now the horses that are too far ahead, you got to get them to step back, you know, come back to you. So the one I was just talking about was this is the horse, this, this is the rider, the ones that are going, you're riding along and they just drop out like that. Now I'm talking about the ones that go, boom, like that, out ahead of you. Now what they've done is they're probably still worried, they're probably still stuck at home. There's all those other things that come into it which you, you tend to go back to. Um, now those horses, when you want to transition, they're rushing ahead. And, that, and those horses' ears are different. So the ones that are sort of lacking confidence, they're back here, they're sort of like stuck there. The ones that want to go ahead, well, they're ahead. They're like, boom, out there. I'm, 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 my focus is I've, I've, I've cast it way out there and that's where I'm going and, and that's where I've got to get to. So with those horses there, you've got to get them to come back and rate you. So obviously you're not going to be using any leg at all because um, you've, got to, you've got to catch their thoughts and bring them back to you. So with your range, you tend to use them, but instead of trapping them, especially if they're young horses, um, instead of trapping them with two reins and holding on to them and just sort of, you know, restrict them, so basically they're going this way and you're just holding them there with the reins to keep them in your speed. Now obviously that horse is not ready for transitions if you've got to hold them like this, like, you know, um, because, you know, every time you're going to get a canter, you're going to get this horse just thrashing out there on its forehand and, or, or you're going to get a gallop or you're going to frighten yourself. Um, and the trot will be much the same. It'll just jump into the trot and the downward transitions will be just like trying to, you know, a damn wall, but the, the current's coming down, but just splashing up against the, the, the you know, into the reins. Um, so those horses, you've got to guide them back down and get them to rate you again. Now, what I tend to do is I just do a little spiral, okay? So, but the... The spiral's there to help the horse, so you're not picking up a rein to bend it, you know, and, and get, you know, put your legs on it and do anything like that. You're just picking up a rein. I tend to use the rein like I'm, when I imagine that I'm riding water all the time when I'm on a horse. I'm just riding water or a little rowboat in the water and it's like that nice smooth water that just floats along and, and you just... So when I take up a rein, I just create a, a sort of a riverbank and I just bounce that, ro you know, that rowboat back around and I sort of do a spiral with my horse, but my spiral's not very big, so, but the trick is, is you're not gonna be trotting your horse. You know, like, if if you're gonna pay attention to your horses, you're gonna know where they're at, so, as soon as your horse walks off, if it just casts its focus out, then you're not gonna be doing trotting transitions, you're gonna be getting that horse, every time it departs you and really walks out and wants to get into a jog, you're gonna get it at the walk before you even contemplate doing a, a, a trot or, you know, a jog or a trot, so, as soon as that horse sort of Boom, gets gets away from you um, as soon, not not two or three you know seconds later, if you can help it. As soon you just draw up a rein and you just spiral that horse back down into a small spiral. When it's connected and thinking, then you say, hey, let's just smooth on out of there and, and, and just roll out here. And 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 you've got to let your horse. Some horses you have to straighten them out with the outside rein and just get them back on track again and just get them in the line and then let them out on a loose rein and they'll go. And as soon as they cast that focus out and, and start to depart you, you just spiral them back around and just get them connected again. And you know, I don't do anything difficult like hindquarter yields and things like that, just steering them around, just get them to follow the rein. The more times you can steer a, a horse, a young horse, an old horse, any horse, the more times you can get a horse to think left when you pick up a left rein and think right when you pick up a right rein. If it takes a thousand pickups of a rein 
or 50,000, doesn't matter. The more you can have have a good connection with the rein and get that horse to understand to follow it, then the better the horse is going to be. So that brings me back to reins. So that's the young horse, you know, the one that goes too far ahead. And then what do you do when, when it's with you on a loose rein? Then you might ask it up, up, up to the next gate. But when you ask them up to the, you know, to the next gate, it's like rolling a bottle. Um, you just roll the bottle up, and, and a lot of people they go squeeze, you know, and pop the horse up. Now remember, I, I cluck a horse if a horse if I need a, a, a change, I'll cluck them or I'll kiss them or whatever to say change, step up. But remember, there's no there's there's no accuracy in a kiss or a cluck. Uh, it's like a, you know, you, there is in woo. You can go woo 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 woo, but a kiss and a cluck's a sharp pop up and if you've got a sort of nervous horse or a horse that wants to be ahead a bit I tend to just roll them out with your seat roll them out with your legs just like a bottle just roll them up um, what if there's no room to spiral well, you're not going to be um, stay to walk um, and in that sort of instance on a track like we're talking about transitions here so so I'd be sort of working on um, Transitions where you got a bit of room uh, if you're going to work on getting a horse confident and doing transitions out on a trail ride and that sort of thing where you just have to do what you can do to, to sort of you know slow a horse whether it's with two reins or whatever. Um, and yeah, if a track's sort of a, a car width wide, you've got enough room to do a small spiral. Otherwise, you might slow with two reins till the horse makes change and then just do a little turn till the horse loosens up and then let them out, you know, so the horse is quite slow before you spiral. But uh, that's sort of you know. You, you have to work around your environment a bit and use what's needed to be used. Um, but yeah, so what I was saying before about roll the bottle out, roll the bottle out, is, is it's like you're, you're asking the horse just to gently come up with you and come up with you and, and basically if you feel that bottle roll out ahead of you and that horse cast out when you're asking for that, that little trot up or that next, next speed after it's relaxed in the walk, then you'll do the same thing. You'll just go, okay, let's come back to me. The horse will come back to walk. The horse will connect with you. You let them out on a straight line on a loose rein. When they're on a the loose rein and they're just managing themselves, they're just here like this, right? I'm with you. Then you say, let's roll on out again. And if they depart you, as soon as they depart you, uh, you know, you can connect. I mean, there's a million other things that I could show you, you know, that people probably sometimes see clinics that I say, you know, you know maybe try this and maybe try that. But for this sort of thing, you know, that's the sort of, just one one good idea that tends tends to work and you're only using your basic tools like you know you're not using anything to, to sort of make your horse confused and that's it just your steering tools and same when you pop up to canter you know your horse will be there trotting along real nice now when I canter uh, unless it's their first couple of canters I might let them go D -d 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 and find a canter but if it's if it's after they found canter and they're comfortable with finding it I'd tend to always draw my horses back before they can uh, it's not otherwise uh, like just recently I got some horses at home and when I want to canter their trot is so fast that by the time they go to canter they sort of think they've got to go faster again so by the time they go from such a big trot to a canter that crikey the canter may as well be a gallop because their trot is so big okay so you got to think okay so you got to draw your horse back for a transition um, now you can Oh, this is the next stage I'll get to, but just to find a canter, I tend to draw my horses back till they come back to a jog, just jog them till they're loose, and then just quickly step them up and uh, up into the canter just to find it. Um, so, 
Um, just reading a couple of things here before because I do know sometimes get talking and miss a few questions as they fly through. So, um, yeah, so now something now I'd like to go more deeper into the subject. So that's the basic sort of, you know, get a transition, get your horse either back or get it back up underneath you before you even do anything. Quality of the reins, very important because um, if you take up the reins and squeeze on your horse with two reins and it thrashes its head around and braces and fights and hollows out in the back and that, well, it's not really ready to do any transitions except for tracking along on a loose rein. Um, and if you to pick up if you pick up a steering rein and your horse steers and braces and all that sort of thing, they need to go back and learn how to walk and steer and back and stop, you know, all those sort of things and get soft in the reins. Now, now, softness is not lightness. Remember, so people sometimes think their horse feels light, but if it's promoting tension and worry in the reins and the horse is trying to hide from the pressure or back up fast because of the pressure and things like that, then your reins aren't going to have any use in transitions because you're going to create tension. Tension in a, in, a, in a sort of worried horse will send them forward, um, stiffen them up. So, you know, when you start to get quality transitions, what you want to be looking for is quality reins as well. So, spend a lot of time at a walk, getting a horse to soften up through the reins, you know, so when they back up, they not only soften in their in their in their intention, they soften in their attention. They they in draw they draw their intention back. They concentrate on what they're doing. They back up and they back up. The, the whole horse backs up. For instance, so as you draw up on the reins and squeeze the reins, you want the horse to soften through the pole and jaw. So physically, physically, what it does, it softens in the pole and the jaw, and then the neck softens and the shoulders lighten and lift a bit, and and then the sort of back will soften and lift, and the hindquarter will come underneath, and the horse will just sort of rock back and start to walk backwards in a nice even two beat rhythm. Uh, if it's any, if it's rushed and stiff at all, or anything like that, or it's sort of, you know, got a, got a really bad rhythm, then uh, or the beats out, then then you sort of got struggles in there in the reins. So, you know, you want to be practicing a lot of stop, draw up on the reins back, but to to get a horse to soften and soften through the body to back up, you actually got to get them to think about what they're doing so you can't have a horse thinking forward backing up and a lot of horses you know they plough into the bit and back up people reward the, the back up because the horse has you know backed its feet but really they might have to keep backing the horse till the horse actually goes oh you want me to back up too up here okay so you might have to stick to the reins till the horse goes okay I'm thinking about the back up now and when the horse thinks about the back up what you tend to find is the horse connects to the back up so you, if you're going to pick up on the reins, you're going to pick up to make change, not just to sort of move the feet around. How much contact? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, how much would you like? Would you like? Would you? Would you like? <laughs> I like nice light. If the horse is generally heavy, if the horse is pushing, you know, into the reins or got a got 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 a bit of firmness there. Generally, I know they're sort of not connected to it. Generally, they release and relax when they come in. So I like I like to pick up the weight on the reins, and I like to feel the weight of the reins, and just enough of a tiniest little squeeze to feel that they that, that they're there. Uh, if they drop away and make a big loose rein, and they're hiding, then you can't have you don't have the same accuracy that you would like. You know, you'd end up have you know. So there's a lot of horses that hide a bit, but but, but uh, people can't operate the whole horse because the, the horse is sort of um, not connected to the reins.
um, but we won't go too far in that but as long as they feel sort of soft and, and draw in and, and back up that'll be that'll be good um, now feel is what the amount of contact is what you really desire um, but what I've found is if it's just heavy contact you're feeling then the horse is not quite there or it's a bit braced and stiff but so if your horse can back up softly steer softly you know so when you pick up a left rein you, you know start to to, to sort of look around like it's naturally looking, you know, the inside eyeball's got to be soft and focused, not just, you know, people say you've got to see the inside eyeball, well, it's not about seeing the inside eyeball, it's about what the inside eyeball looks like, it's not about, if you know, plenty of horses can bend but still think over there like that, you know, and they can bend and bend and bend, but, um, so the inside eyeball's got to be hooked onto the left rein, you know, the ears have got to be sort of soft and connected with what they're doing. Uh, same with the right rein, the horse has got to look like, just like a person would look and, you know, I'm going to look over there, I'm going to look over there, that's what, what a horse does. And anyone that's sort of ridden with me or, or worked with me at, at workshops, say, you know, they start to value, okay, okay, I can see when my horse is really turning correctly and when it's not, is because it thinks the turn, you know, if it can't think the turn, it's no point, you know. Um, so you hold the reins to make change. So if the reins are working like that, then you can use them to help with the, the, the transitions. So when we go back onto the transitions, um, when you pick up to slow up your horse, your horse softens and comes back and goes, I'm back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. So if you want a slower horse, the horse comes back and, and, and it doesn't just brittle through the body and, and get stiff and push, it, it, it loosens up through the body um, and softens. So now when you want to get better transitions, so I'm going to work on a uh, a lady who was at the last clinic, um, she's listening now. Um, so she had a horse that she'd already done the homework. So at this particular clinic was one of the first times, well, not the first times, but it was probably the best time I've seen this horse that she just had to get up on it and start to ride it. And the horse was pretty well centering up underneath her without a lot of, um, you know, much, you know, much bother, you know. So whereas the previous clinic, the horse was sort of quite strongly focused where it came in in the arena and, and it was sort of back with the other horses and, 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 you know, we spent most of our time under saddle getting that horse to try and centre up underneath her and, 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 you know, just connect with her. But, but this clinic, she'd done her homework, so the horse was up underneath her and only had to do a few little bit boing boing here to get him to sort of, you know, come in. And So basically he had lumpy transitions, so um, he was clunking down and he was clunking up. So, um, and just before I go too far on this, I want you guys just to, if you have to close your eyes, I don't care, go into imagination, okay, when you get on a horse for the first time, sit up on your horse, sit on it, right, ask for a walk, yeah, this is a horse that's fairly centred, if you've got a crazy horse that's, you know, mad, then probably um, just sit up on it and hope, but um, just for the horses that are fairly centred, ride your horse off, ask it to walk off. Now, just imagine it, what walk did you just ask for? You know, think about it, when you get on your horse and you ride off, obviously a baby horse, I just get the walk that the horse will give me, I don't care what walk it is, and every new horse I get on, I get on and I don't care what walk it is, as long as it's a walk and we're going somewhere, I'm happy, but when that horse starts to centre up a little bit, when you get up on them and ride them off, you might want to walk off at an old grandpa walk or grandma walk, so you just you know, walk along like this. You just might walk like that. 
or you might want to go, I want a medium walk, or I might, I might want a fast walk. Okay, so the reason horses have a little bit of trouble in transitions is because within the gate, we have relatively, we, we have a, not a lot of gauge, we don't gauge, you know, so the horse is not really, it's just given us, I just walk off like this all the time, you know, I just walk, because that's what you do, you get on, you ask for go, and I go, and I walk off, and that's great, we all walk together, but what you've got to think about is, okay, well, I don't want that walk, maybe I want a little baby, like tiny walk, where we just take step, and then step, and then step, and then step, and then I'm, you know, I want a fast walk, I want you to walk at the fastest walk you can go, uh, and then I want you to find a medium walk, and then can we find the grandpa walk? So when you get on your horse and you ride off, if you just say, go, to walk off, then the horse will just go, okay, let's walk at what walk I feel like. And if I'm back at the yards, it's going to be this walk. If I'm out there, it's going to be this walk. So I would actually get on a horse and go, I might specify a little bit what I want when I walk off and when I back up. Do I want one step or two steps? Do I want five steps? Be a bit more specific in the little baby things that you do and the simple things that you do and the horse will start to uh, tune in so you're sort of making your horse go from a rowboat in the river that's boinging around to find the current and they got to do that first but once they've found the current and they're underneath you then if you want them to concentrate you've got to give them some fine line to walk on because otherwise it's too easy if they're walking a big pathway they go oh that's easy i just you know do whatever i do and you know, wander off with the thoughts again so so you might have to sort of you know make them walk that little bit more of a tightrope and that means you know let's walk off with this speed let's walk off with that speed and then so when if you can get transitions within the walk as in the horse can stretch out to the best walk it's got the borders on the break of the trot the borders just there touches it just touching it and then you can bring it back right back to the walk that borders on the stop the closest border you know and in between you start to set different walks. If you can get at least three walks to start with, then you might even get four. But you know, I'd say that most horses I see at clinics that can can offer three walk, three 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 walks fairly easily. Um, and if you can get this horse just to knock knock back a gear into each one of those walks, knock up a gear easy. That's 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 sort of easy. Um, yeah, just quickly on that question the horse that plays with a bit when you're riding it um, taking into all the other problems like dentistry and things like that emotion most horses I find that play with the bit are quite anxious um, they've got a lot happening and they they still don't understand the bit it, it's a it can be a time thing it can be a connection thing so um, but yeah but anyway the the walk um, get some range in the walk so that the lady that I was helping um, what I did with her because the transitions were lumpy so say for instance she was focusing on a walk and a trot well he gave him his version of what that was but when she said okay let's focus on various walks the funny thing with the grandpa walk is the horses go oh you've really got to concentrate on this one this is a hard one because you've never walked me this slow in my life sometimes for the slow horses too do a grandpa walk if you want to find a, a fast walk in a slow horse Get them to do a grandpa walk because half the time the horses are slow as they lack in concentration um, and you know the grandpa walk might just help them concentrate and then you might say now fast walk and they go oh fast walk right right now I've been doing this slow walk now but you've, you've changed me now you want me to come up and it's funny how your horses can sort of tune in with that um, and when you get to the fastest walk you got 
right? The one that borderlines the trot. You might practice all your different walks and get to that one. And then, so what I did with this particular lady who had the lumpy transition that was was up, I said, okay, now say this is the, these are speeds. See that? That's speed. So this means same speed, okay? So if the walk got up to that speed there, bordering on the trot, I said, now, find a jog that, this is the jog, is the same speed or as close as you can put it to that walk. So she went, right, i really got to think about this. So she got the horse right up to his fast walk, and then she said, popped him in the jog, and, and he went, when he went to the, the jog, he sort of went to a trot. So the walk was at this speed, and the trot went up to about there, and then she just quickly dropped him back down to there in that jog speed, so she had the same speed that, that the walk was, okay? And we practiced that a few times, but what started to happen is he'd just go, oh, drop back into that speed. And so he'd actually, and you'd see him just, like I said before, roll on out, you, you know, so before he lumped up to, right, this is with the walking speed, this is the trotting speed here. But when she got the walk right up, and then she said just roll up a roll up to a slower. So the aim would be later is maybe go to the fastest walk and come back to a slower jog. But that's difficult um, to start with, but when she could nearly match the two speeds, the walk to the jog, she had to think about it. The horse had to think about it. Then together they just went up, and then she drew him back to that slower jog, and then after a while, he started to really tune in, and he got a few soft transitions out of, you know, a, quite a handful of lumpy ones. And then also, so the downward transition on the same horse was lumpy, so he came down the transitions going lump, lump. So, so what we did with the, the downward transitions is, is we did a lot of, um, say, trotting. So, okay, so I say to people, if the walk's got three speeds, the trot's got to have about six. You've got to put about six gears in the trot. But maybe, to start with, you'll give the trot three, three speeds, you know. I'm just talking about, you know, jog, medium, and a, and a faster, more sort of working trot. So, uh, but... So with a trot, I say, you know, rise trot, because rise trot, the horse can really feel. And if the horse is trotting, Jenny, I'll try and get that question before it goes, would this explain why when you work with them in the arena, you usually get a slow walk, then when you take them out, you get a fast walk? Yes, I'm not too sure exactly what you mean, but is that them giving you a slow walk? Because uh, out there, out there they're sort of further ahead, that's why they give you a fast walk. They just give you the walk that they want because we haven't specified it. So in the arena they're shut down, they give you a slow walk or they don't want to be anywhere or they're back at the yards. When they go out, they go, ooh, I'm out. They give you a fast walk. Um, and you'll get, if you don't specify and you don't know what you want, then they'll always give you what they think's right. So that's why we have bad transitions. They're just giving you what, what they got at that moment uh, because sometimes we've never specified before we wanted something special. So back to the downward transition so the downward transition um, I try and help people so I do a lot of tr I love trotting because um, trotting is a good one because you can rise trot so you can you can go and, and, and so I'm going to work about now we've worked on the grandpa walk to the fast walk now we're going to work on say the jog to the fast trot or the, you know just going up your trotting gears to a faster trot now I'm not talking about the the extension and all that sort of business. I'm just talking about getting that trot up a bit, up a bit, down a bit, down a bit, up a bit, and things like that. So when you're trotting, you rise trot, and you might set 
the trot that your horse knows. You know, there's one day in you know that you've ridden your horse that the horse goes, "That's my trot. That's the one that I tend to trot in." So you should know that trot at least, um, unless your horse is always trying to get away from you. But there is a trot that your horse has done sometime in its life when you've been riding it that felt like the medium trot that it likes. Okay, that is comfortable when it's with you. Try and find that trot because that's the one that your horse will be good in, right? If the horse leaves that trot, then you just might spiral them, doing that nice soft spiral that I talked about before, till they till they come back to to walk, and then you might find that trot again, and then do it again and again until on a loose rein they find that trot. Now, once they found a trot, you might say, now, from that medium trot here, I might get you to go up a peg. Now, when I say to people, rise trot faster, right? I, the aim is, is they 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 pick up their rising seat and just go a little bit more, you know, a bit faster with it. Or and the horse, so say for instance they're rising trotting here, the person steps up a gear, the horse catches them and it's put catches them. If you can understand that, it's sort of like trying to use sign language <laughs> on a computer. Uh, so yeah, but what a lot of people do when I say now trot faster and get some energy in the trot, as they go. I'm trotting faster, I'm trotting faster, and they go up here, and the horse can't catch them. So then they've got to kick him, kick him, kick him, and kick him, and trot, and kick him, trot, and then the horse is like, oh, hang on a minute. So what I encourage people to do is when they found that medium trot, just go up a little bit and just squeeze your horse up to that, and then go up a little bit, squeeze your horse like that, and then go down a little bit, squeeze your horse down a bit, and then down a bit. And just pretend you've got it like a 10 speed truck that you're just going down a little cog there, down a little cog there, down a little cog, up a little cog there, you know, like that. And then you'll go all the way, all the way down to where the jog speed is, and you'll go all the way, all the way up to where the high speed is. And you just go up a gear, down a gear, down a gear, up a gear, up a gear, down again, until the horse is just tapping in. Now, that's like another lesson of walking a tightrope for a horse. The horse is tapping into your seat, and they're going right, up, up, right. And they really start to hone in. So then when you bring it right back to jog, so this particular horse, because she's done a little bit of it, she was liking the stops, she was drawing the horse back into the stops, and when she'd come down from a trot, the horse would hunt the stop and want to go, you know, stop a bit. So I said, well, um, what I might get you to do is, is ride down your transition so you sort of smooth your horse back down to the stop. Uh, so when that horse was really tuned in, then we said, right, oh, now from the jog, she did the opposite of what she did before, which was fast walk to the, the same speed jog. She went to that same speed jog, and she dropped the horse back into the same speed fast walk. So instead of the horse going from jog, clunking down to a, to a walk and hunting the stop, she actually got a lazy jog and then an energetic walk. So that sort of made the horse come back to go walk. And... Um, and because he was concentrating, that smoothed out that transition, that transition of the clunk down the gear, because she asked for more energy, but a slower gear, uh, so a, 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 a lower gait, okay, so from, trot, from the jog to the walk. And so what that does in your transitions, it helps smooth out the bumpy bits. Um, I hope everyone can understand that. <laughs> but, but yeah, so once you got the fast walk, then she could work down through a walk gears, because she created gears in the walk, and then when the horse was in the grandpa walk, now just roll on back into a backup. So what we're trying to get that horse to do is, like an aer like you know when you're in an aeroplane where you've got a bad pilot, they go doot 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 like that. But if you're in a good plane, they just you know they they land nice and smooth. 
So, so it takes a lot of thinking, but if you're not up there thinking and you don't have anything that you know specific for your horse to do, what's going to happen is your horse is just going to go, what do you want? So put that up to canter, and when you've got real smooth trot transitions, then you start just roll your horse up to canter, but you've got to draw them back this time. You've got to draw your horse back to slow to step up a gear, and when you ask for canter, don't keep trotting if the horse can. So a lot of people keep rising like that, or they so so or the horse speeds up and rises, and, and it like speeds up the trot, so they rise with it and still kicking for canter. Don't do that. Try and just draw your horse back, get him back to jog, and say, "Stay with me. Are you connected? Are you listening? Let's practice some some trotting speed changes. Let's jog back, draw back to me. Maybe jog up a bit at a sit jog. Maybe back a bit. Get the horse back again. And if the reins are drawing the horse back and softening, then you say." Let's canter again. And you'll find if the horse is sort of pretty comfortable, they'll find that canter, they'll lift up and go. Um, now there's a lot more in transitions you can do, but this is just basically sort of trying to get people sort of happening in the transitions. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. Um, there's a little, there's a lot more we could talk about on it. Um, and then, you know, getting more collection, but sort of collection starts to happen with the horse doing it themselves a little bit. The more connected they are, the more they are in the moment, the more their hindquarters are stepping through, the more they're finding that natural self-carriage um, because they don't have stiffness, they don't have worry and that sort of thing. So you'll find the transitions will smooth out a lot more if you if you have that centred horse and that connection. So um, anyway, I hope that, that little bit on transition... I hope that little bit on transitions helps people. Um, Obviously, we do a little bit more and offer a few more ideas, but but um, you know, and 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 when people I'm working with at clinics, I can specify. I can look at the horse and go, well, you've got to spend, you know, maybe three or four weeks working on that one thing before you sort of think about putting this thing together. But uh, how often would you do arena work to focus on these things? Is more better arena work? You can do it out in the paddock. Um, yeah, this, this stuff can be done where you've got a bit of room anywhere. Slow walk, fast walk, fast trot, slow trot, you know, all the different trotting gears, the walking gears, the steering around trees, the things like that, all that you just do when you're out riding and then when the horse feels in the middle, you just say, now let's practice maybe a couple of transitions. So you can choose to do it in the arena, you can choose to do it outside. Anyway, thanks everyone for coming on board. Uh, next week we'll uh, post uh, what the talk is going to be about. Um, that'll be our last one of the series, so... I hope people come on board. Thank you, everybody. Um, good night for now. And uh, hopefully I might be in the house next week and I won't look like a ghost in a, in a car. Anyway, see you later.